Hello, and welcome to the conversation. Hey, um, I'm Todd Brown, and this is Rick Coop, and oh. this is the eGathering Podcast. Uh, so for us, this is a conversation. Uh, Rick and I have conversations about our faith, uh, about our religion, uh, and about just the world as a whole, and we thought um, we ought to invite you guys to be a part of that. So our hope is that you will take this time um, and maybe just turn it on in the background while you're doing housework or while you're working at work or um, like I do a lot of times I'm driving down the road. Um, you can find us as a podcast on Spotify. Um, you can find us um, in all the places that you get podcasts, except right now Apple for some weird reason. Um, but you can find us in, in all these places. And we hope you'll join us. So today, the conversation that we, uh, we got into a little while ago was about the Gospels and the people that are involved there, which brought us to the Apostles. And who are these guys? Um, like I said, I always think of the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance mm. Kid. Like they're being chased by the posse across the... And they keep hiding who and they keep finding them. Who are these guys? Yeah. Um, but when we think about the Apostles, uh, these 12 guys who were the closest to Jesus, um, you begin to wonder... Who are these guys and where do they come from and, and why are they the ones that are being involved? And so that's what gets us started. Yeah, and, and I think today it's going to be important for us to understand a little bit about their background. Um, the scriptures give us a, a good idea of yeah. who these fellows were, but there's also the oral tradition that comes to us from uh, our Jewish cousins. Remind me sometime, I'll talk to you about, I was at a uh, Jewish synagogue uh, during a feast and I had told them that, uh, you know, really thank you guys for letting us be here. I know that we're, you know, outsiders. And this, this lady who must have been at least mid-80s, maybe a little older, looked at me and patted my hand and said, well, honey, we're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, how cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but I love the, the oral tradition that's brought to us uh, by the Jewish faith. And then, of course, there are historians and people who have studied the Bible who have their own ideas of who some of these guys what are. What happened to these fellows? Yeah, the, some of the traditions, uh, there's at least one apostle who, uh, there's four different ways that he may have died. So yeah. some of this stuff is going to be, hard fact from the scripture, some of it will be oral tradition, and then some of it will be historical yeah. things. That, what, what historians have written yeah, know about. Okay. Yeah, as it went on. So, the way I want to start... Yeah, it's how these guys... Yeah, it is, 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 is just, as I said, if, if, um, if I'm doing a funeral, um, the first thing I do at a funeral is I read the obituary. Pretty much everybody in the room already knows... <laughs> Stuff in the obituary, but there might be that yes. two people who came from the office who just right. kind of wanted to be there for to support his family, yes. and they don't know. So I'm going to read the obituary kind of. Uh, and what I want to do is just read just one um, of the the gospels that, is, that just gives us a list. Mm -hmm. Who are these guys? Mm -hmm. uh, you can find them in Matthew 10 1 through four, Mark three fourteen, and then uh, Luke sixteen or Luke six twelve. They just give a list. And it's Matthew ten says, Jesus called the twelve followers to him. He gave them power to put out demons and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. And these are the names of the twelve followers. There was Simon, who was called Peter, 
Andrew his brother, James and John, who were the sons of Zebedee. There were Philip and Bartholomew and Thomas. There was Matthew, the man who gathered taxes. There were James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite. And there was Judas Iscariot, who handed Jesus over to be killed. It's interesting. Um, it hits me that uh, in other places, um, they may have a different name. Uh, but that's just the facts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, the, that's the 12 guys. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so we talked a little bit about the fact that um, James and John are brothers. Uh, if you haven't seen our uh, or listened to our episode on um, parallels in the Bible, I think we call it the rest of the story, uh, then we learn about where some of these guys came from mm-hmm. as well. But today, Want to talk about who they were? Sure. I think it's important for us to understand that these were just guys. Yep. Just common, everyday guys. Yep. uh, Fishermen, (laughs) uh, a tax collector, um, different fellows who did different things according to the society that they were in. Uh, They weren't special. I think out of all of them, one of them was somebody that we would have considered to be uh, already in the business of of right. the religion right. itself. Yeah. So like Andrew, Peter's brother, also a fisherman, mm-hmm. but he was also a disciple of John. Mm-hmm. So we know he had already started down through the trail in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's that's as that's as close as they got. That's that's about as big as we can get with them. Um, but they were common men, everyday trials of life. Some of them were married. Um, some of them, uh, we know that Peter had a bit of an issue with a mother-in-law who was uh, not doing so well uh, physically. And uh, so th- these are just common guys with common everyday life issues. And when we think about who they were, I think it's important that we understand who they weren't. So like mm-hmm. if you were a disciple of a rabbi, mm-hmm. and I think something we kind of get into there's a little push and pull on is Jesus is a rabbi. Mm-hmm. He's called rabbi. He's called rabbi by the Pharisees. And one of the scriptures we read this week for church, uh, Nicodemus, um, who is a Pharisee, calls him rabbi. rabbi. So it's not like he's he's kind of a rabbi. This isn't a term that's thrown around. This is, no, this yeah. is a big deal. Right. So for these fellas to be called by a rabbi, in order to understand why, one of the reasons why that was such a big deal for them, we have to understand what it took mm-hmm. to be called by a rabbi, uh, to follow him. Um, so I did some research as part of um, one of my papers for being able to become an ordained elder was on this idea of what a first century rabbi was, mm-hmm. how you became a first century rabbi, and the stuff that was involved in all of that. When in, and among those things is to have been an apostle to a rabbi. Uh, and it talks, walks through this idea of, um, my research walked through this idea of what it took to be able to do that. So when we talk about what the Jewish people, we have to understand, for the Jewish people, the Word of God wasn't just uh, a, an interesting book that you could choose mm-hmm. to read or not. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> to the Jewish people, the Word was life. This was life. 
And they this were, was this was a much a part of life for them as breathing. Yeah, is for us. Yeah, absolutely. Or eating. In fact, they use that. Yes. As as a description, it is mm-hmm. the air I breathe. Mm-hmm. So for them, having the word was life. To them, to break the law of God was to die. So you best put that in your heart mm-hmm. and understand it. So all that to say, from the age of six to the age of ten, they went to they were sent boys were sent to school to learn the Word. And they did that from 6 to 10 where they would learn and memorize memory verses. We do our kids today, we do our kids, but imagine if our kids, and some of your kids maybe do, go to a religious school where they're allowed to learn Scripture as part of what they're doing in school. But these kids are memorizing the Word. Um, and This was called the school of the book. I won't torture you with listening to me say it wrong in Hebrew. Um, But at 10, the best of the best, the best of those kids went on to the next level, which was to be able to quote those scriptures, to memorize them, and be able to quote the whole thing. Uh, The first five books of the Bible. So um, these boys would go on to the next level. They would be attached to a rabbi. They would learn and be able to quote the, the scriptures. Of those boys, at 13, the best of the best um, would then go on and be attached as an apostle to a rabbi. So I think for us, an analogy that would make sense is um, these are the girls who go from being at uh, the local gymnastics school where they convince their mom and dad that they're gifted and so they're going to get to take, you know, four classes a week and buy all the uniforms and have the shows. <laughs> Instead, these are the ones that go to college. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that make the college team. These are the ones that are so good that they, um, they're at that next level. And this is what they do all day. They go to school for this. This is how they get their food. This is how they get their school. This is how they get their housing. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I want us to think about those gifted kids who have made that level, right? So um, they will learn. Now they're not going to just have it memorized. So the rabbi should be able to look at one of these boys and go, uh, tell me the first story in Samuel. And they can just quote it. Uh, Tell me the 17th Psalm. And they should just be able to quote it. they start through this process with the rabbi where the rabbi uh, will, will, they will ask the rabbi a question and the rabbi will ask them a question back to get the answer. Instead of just telling them mm-hmm. the answer, he will ask them a question back. Good. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and one of the things I think we're really hard on the Pharisees about in the, in the Bible is we hear... The Pharisees asking Jesus a question. And Jesus was closer in theology to the Pharisees than he was to anybody else. Um, they believed in the afterlife. They believed uh, in, in one wife. They believed in many of the things that Jesus believed in, except that Jesus was the Son of God. Um, so they get honored from time to time. But mostly this is that back and forth. When we see those moments in the Bible where they ask Jesus a question and he answers with a question, you think you're being a smart aleck. Like, no. This is how they did their thing. This is how they learned. You know, it takes you have to know more about a topic to ask a question about it than you have to 
to give an answer. A relevant question that will go, go back and continue the conversation. Right. Right. So, well, this conversation, right? We have to have study to have this conversation. Right. So you have to know. So anyway, this is the way he tested them. Was, okay, so you want to know about divorce. You ask me, uh, Rabbi, is it okay for a man to get a divorce? I ask you, what does Moses say about that? You better know. Then you quote Moses back. And then I say back to you, as Jesus said back to them, okay, I hear you, but Moses only said that because your hearts were hard. Your hearts were hard. Were hard. Yeah, what does it say before that about marriage? It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his, his mother and father and, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That was the original plan, and that's the way it's supposed to stay. Um, so that's the back and forth. Right. So my point is this. When we talk about these guys, just guys, you've got a fisherman who's been working all night. He's grubby, he's dirty, he's cleaning nets, he's with his brother. He's a religious dude, and he's a really good guy. And he met this fellow, Jesus, who his brother says is the Messiah. And he's just in love with him. He's a rabbi. But there's no chance he's going to get to go be with him. And Jesus looks at him and his business partners, who are also grubby old fishermen, and he says, you stop and follow me. And I'll make you fishers of men. And you have to know where they went. I mean, they just went from they just went from I'm playing church softball to come be a New York Yankee. Yeah. What? But let's let let's not pass. Don't hate on the Yankees. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> These are guys who, according to society standards, yeah. didn't make the cut. No, they did not make the cut. They did not make the cut as far as what was expected of them during that time, that they would be the that six to ten year old, or that ten to thirteen year old, or even onto the next step. When you were talking about that, I was thinking these are the guys who would be the understudy. If the head actor can't make it, they had to be able to step in and do the job every bit as well. I keep going but back they to didn't baseball because I stunk at baseball. But it, it's, you might have played Little League, but nobody invited you to the AAU team. Nope. <laughs> I, I didn't get past Cub Scout, Boy Scout. Yeah, you, you, nobody invited you to the AAU team, and, and you darn sure weren't going to be getting a college invite, right? So okay. these, are the, these are the Little League guys. These are the guys who remember they played ball, but they yeah. don't. They know the game. Right. And they would have got, that's the other thing we have to be careful of. When we start, when we start trying to put them in their place, we do need to be careful and remember, from 6 to 10, they did go to the, to the school of the book, or the house of the book, and they did learn the Bible. They, this was deeply important to them. They, they knew. So, yeah. The so, when, when Jesus is talking to them and he's pointing them back to scriptures, he's going, hey, remember? Yeah. Remember this prophecy? Remember these things? He's pointing them because they do have a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like they don't know baseball. Right. They're just saying, hey, you guys. They're just not the guys who went on. Yeah. Went on. So let's let's uh, let's look at these guys a little bit. Um, who they are. What they did. Mm-hmm. A little bit of background mm-hmm. about them. Um, I'm going to start with my favorite guy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can identify with him. I know I do. I know you're coming with 
When you I, say everybody can, a lot yeah, of people can identify with him. Yeah, but I this, think this I guy, um, he's a bit emotional. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a knee-jerk guy. I think he's passionate. I think he is a, a thinker, you know. But I think sometimes his emotions get in the way of his thinking. And, and of course, I'm talking about Peter. Yeah, his problem-solving, his emotions and problem-solving combined get in the way of his progress. Right, sometimes. right. Uh, but he's the guy that Jesus calls the rock. He's the guy that uh, has a lot of things that happen with him that are very, they're really very special things. Or he's also the guy that has some things where um, Jesus kind of says, "Now wait a minute, you know, I'm going to check you on this one." Yeah. Here, but he's a guy. I think it's because of his passion. Uh, the the. Tradition says that he was born somewhere around 1 A.D. in Bethsaida. Um, he was, uh, that's that's where the feeding of the 5,000 uh, took place. But he was the brother of Andrew, uh, who we'll talk about here in a minute. You already mentioned Andrew as the guy who was already somebody who was, had been following uh, John the Baptist, but he was the brother of, of Andrew. Uh, he was considered... Peter was considered one of the inner circle, along with John and James. He yeah. was there was the the twelve, and then there were three who were part of the inner circle. We already talked about that. He was impulsive. He spoke out of emotion a lot of times. Uh, he actually argued with Jesus a little bit when Jesus told him to let down his net. Um, you know, I've been out here all night. I've been fishing. Yeah, you he know. was. He, he just said what he was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Whatever was on his mind at the moment is what came out of it. Yeah. Um, I have found this little saying that I thought was interesting. According to Scripture, uh, that the, the, where I was reading at, said that Peter asked more questions than any other disciple. So he was trying to learn. He was trying to get it. And, and that's where I think that why a lot of us can identify him. We, we're emotional people. I'm an emotional guy. Uh, sometimes I wear my emotions on my sleeves. I, I try to I think. My wife constantly says, "You you're just a deep thinker. You're just a, you know you're just a deep thinker." I don't always get it right, but I think about it. Yeah. But he was a guy who liked to ask a lot of questions, and and I question I question myself. I question things here and there. But I, I like Peter. I like I like who he is. Um, He's also the guy that cried out, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeah. Um, he's also the guy who, when asked, you know, aren't, aren't you one of his disciples? And he said, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about here. Um, Peter's, a, Peter's a guy I like. I think I, I would have got along with Peter. Peter was very much, not to psychoanalyzing, but I think the scripture bears out Peter was very much a guy of the moment. Yeah, that's a great term. Yeah, I like that. Uh, he was all into. The I'm moment. probably going to steal that from you. Yeah, he was a he was a man of that moment. Yeah, and I think that that bears out in, in several ways. One of them is Peter is on the Peter is one of the three who are taken with Jesus up on the mountain when he goes. Yes, and indeed. He communes with Elijah and Moses and. He's transfigured, and when you hear the voice of God, 
And, and in that moment, mm -hmm. Peter is so overcome that he offers to build <laughs> he tabernacles yeah. for Jesus yeah. and Moses and and Elijah. And it's good. Let's that we, just stay here. It's good that we're here, man. Let's yeah. do this. Just awesome. and he's in the moment. Yeah. But it, and and he's he's the guy who identifies. He, he doesn't think about it or do the math. He's like, you're the son of God. Yeah. And Jesus is the one who, when they say, when Jesus. Um, when, when Jesus says um, Jesus is talking to them about who he is and then um, that he says where else are we going to go? We're all we've got. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is going to leave me, Jesus says. And what about you guys? And Peter's like, where are we going to go? You're what we've got. You're all everything to us. Um, and so for me, he's in the moment. I think one of the tougher in the moments is is later mm -hmm. described by Paul mm -hmm. when they're at an encampment with a bunch of of Gentile people, and Peter becomes in the moment. He's eating with the Gentiles, and he's going through those things with the Gentiles and behaving that way. And a group of Jewish brothers show up, and suddenly he gets all Jewish again. Mm -hmm. Paul goes, "Hey, what are you doing?" And I don't, and I think it's hard to call Peter two-faced. I think it's more he's he just so gets into the moment, whatever that is. He just he just is all in, baby. We're gonna do this moment. You're talking about in the moment. There are two moments for me that Peter are the most impactful. The one is after the denial. He has this conversation with Jesus, where Jesus asks him. Uh -huh. Three times. <gasps> yeah, I, I can't even imagine the emotion that must have been going on with that. But Peter does. Yeah, denies him three times. Yeah, but Peter does at the end of that conversation. I, you know, I love you, Lord. Lord. Yeah, just. But but then this guy <laughs> sound like Madden. But here's a guy. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> First sermon. Yes. He's the, Peter's the one that is that, that is out there. These men aren't drunk, you know. Not a, he gets up at that with the fire of fear and starts giving this message that puts it all in perspective about what's happened, what's going on, and what's what's going to be. And I, I love that Peter is that guy who, after all, it it tells us. It's one of the things I hold on to because of Peter is that even though these were guys who didn't make the cut uh, as young boys, but they were all called. And even though Peter's the guy that, you know, had, had his issues, for me to ever say I'm not worthy, doesn't matter. I, I need to remember who I, who I am in Christ. And if we don't think that God can use us, we need to remember the story of Peter, who gave the first sermon. We may the first not, time the gospel was preached, preached was Peter. Yeah, we may not be the ones who we may not think we can make the cut, but God says we are. Okay, so tying some things together. Yeah. So we've got. The idea of being an apostle, mm -hmm. 
in this concept of, of learning the yoke of your rabbi. And it says they followed those rabbis so close that the dust of his feet would fall on them. They learned his yoke to be able to speak his yoke. They spent years doing this. When we look at back looking at what first century rabbis did, a first century rabbi from the age of 13, it says by the time he was 20, he was old enough to get married. By the time there's these different key points in it. He's 30. A, a Jewish rabbi in the first century was 30 years old. Now, their life expectancy wasn't much more than that. Mm -hmm. But he's 30 years old before he's able to go and teach. Because he was then considered mature enough to do that. We go back to the brothers Karamazov. When you're 30, you have to be a grown mm -hmm. um, But, so now let's think about who these guys were as they go forward. My point is this. Peter didn't get Peter didn't get off the boat when Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men and be a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. Peter didn't preach the gospel three weeks later. He matured and he learned and he studied Christ. And he was with him each day and he watched him and he learned. And he might be impulsive and he might say things just because he thinks, oh, I got it. Here, yeah. this is what, this is the thing. But by the time we get to Peter standing in Jerusalem right. on Pentecost and he's preaching the gospel, he yes, has been infilled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he sir. has followed and learned and met with Christ. I guess what I'm saying is, is we talk about who they were as men. But the point isn't that... Um, you love Jesus, you've been saved, you can preach the gospel. No, that's, that's not, not the point. The point, the no. point is, you can become... I, I was just going to say, Todd, it's almost like Christ. they went to that 6 to 10, mm -hmm. didn't quite make the cut, moved on, but now, after spending that time, that three years with Jesus, they've done the 10 to 13. Have you... And now they're ready for the next step. Okay, as an old guy who went to college late mm -hmm. in my 40s again, after flunking out of college when I was 18, because I had too many hormones and other chemicals in me, and no sense. When I went back to college in my 40s, when I was like these guys, older guys, mm -hmm. now you get a second chance. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole different deal. Oh, that's, it, that's the same way it was for me. Oh, man. I went to college after uh, my time in the Marine Corps. Yeah. I spent, you know, I, out of high school at 18, went to the Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps at 21. At 22, I went into college yeah. um, and already had lived life as far as the Corps was concerned. It was, it was different going to school then than it was. I'm paying for it. Yeah. I yeah. get, I know what the value statement is here. Yes. When I was going to college at 18, it was because somebody wanted me to. Yeah. And maybe some of those 13-year-old boys who got attached to a rabbi were doing it as a as a rabbit trick. They were just yeah. doing it. It's a trick. I, I do yeah. the trick. I'm good at the trick. and I'll just do the trick. These boys are here because they are in love with Christ. Right. And speaking of that, 
going to go to the next guy because yeah. this guy, who is Peter's brother, already had some background yeah. with John the Baptist. Um, and that was Andrew. Yeah. Andrew had already been hearing and listening, um, born somewhere around 510 AD, but he was uh, a follower of John the Baptist. He was hearing, you know, and then he, and he was there in the moment when John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, hey, there he is. That is the Lamb of God. There's the Lamb of God. That's, that's the one that I'm preaching about. And, and Andrew got to be there. He was there as part of that. So um, as a follower of John, he was already hearing. And when Jesus came, he, he recognized that he was the Messiah. Something that just struck me. And I don't, I don't like when people have conjecture. Okay, I get it. So I'll give me a pass on this. It says later that some of John's apostles were, or John's disciples were baptizing. I wonder if Andrew had been baptizing. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so, yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. I wonder. Um, Andrew kind of was a guy that always seemed to kind of live a little bit in the shadow of his brother Peter. Yep. Um, but I think it's because Peter was an out, out there guy. Yeah, you you couldn't help but be a Peter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was he was a guy who was who was out there. Um, Andrew was the disciple who told Jesus about the the boy who had the fish and the loaves. Um, so he was very a very important part of the feeding of the five thousand. Um, he was also when the Greeks uh, came to talk to, you know, were coming to talk to Jesus. Uh, they went to Philip, who was a, a Greek, um, went to or was familiar with them, uh, and then Philip took took them to Andrew, who then took them to Jesus. So you see, Andrew is an important part of what's going on in the, the whole story of the Gospels. It said that. Uh, Jesus was the one, or Andrew was one of the disciples who came and asked Jesus about the signs of the end times. Yeah. Um, so he's a little bit like his brother in that he's asking some questions about some things. You just always get the impression of Andrew as like the quiet A student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know, and, yeah. and Peter is his brother who came and gave him yogis and, yeah. and beat him at wrestling. Yeah. But Peter. Andrew is more. Peter's the one that the, his parents went, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Andrew's the one, why can't you be more like your little brother? Yeah. But I got to show him. But, yeah. But he, <laughs> we know he loved his brother. Because yes. the first thing he does when he gets back from Jesus is, dude. Yeah. I found him. I found him. Yeah. The one we've been, and you know they've been talking about it because yeah. he says, the one that we've been looking for. We've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do. I agree with you. I think Andrew and Peter had a close relationship. They, they must have. Yeah. Because I love my brothers, but it wouldn't have been the first person I know. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have been one of my brothers here. But. Yeah. Cool. Let's go on to the next one, um, John. Yeah. John the, the beloved. John the, the one who is a, a brother of James. We talked about uh, the Sons of Thunder in, uh, once before. Um, maybe not such a uh, a great term, yeah. you know. Maybe Jesus was was meaning a little more than 
you know, these guys just, you know, it's not because they have loud voices and they can, but it's because they're, they're a bit, uh, rambunctious. Yeah, rambunctious. There's a good word, rambunctious. Uh, so John is one of the sons of thunder. Uh, there are some scholars who feel that, uh, they may have gotten this, these names because they had some bad tempers. They were guys who would go off the handle, you know, fairly quick. Um, and I could see some, some parallel with that in that, remember when they were going to the Samaritan city, and John and James did not, they weren't big on this. They, they, didn't, they didn't like it. And when they weren't received very well in the city, it was John and James who said, just heap some, co you know. Burn it down. Burn, yeah, send some fire from heaven down on them and burn it all up. So you kind of get the feeling that these guys are a little bit of uh, fellas who, you know, maybe if things didn't quite go their way, they were a little bit willing to. And again. And they were willing trying, to push. I mean, because yeah. we know they, they were pushing to be the ones who would be sitting beside Jesus. Sitting beside yeah, hey, when he came hey, into his kingdom. Can you imagine the Sometimes I think of the conversation like this. Um, hey, Jesus, you know, the other guys aren't around. We've been wanting to talk to you about something. Um, when, you, when, you, when you are sitting on the throne, we, we'd like to, you know, be able to sit with you right there. You know? and, and their mom was kind of pushing them, you know. Yeah, mom came and asked. Yeah. <laughs> you know the topic came up enough and mom comes in. Yeah, asked. yeah. So, um, but and, then he, he says to them, but can you drink from the cup that I'm going to drink from? Like, well, sure. And he goes, yeah. you will. Yeah, you're going to. Well, you will. Yeah. And I want you to know that we're not trying to bash these guys. No. What we're trying to do is paint the picture that these are just fellas. These are just, these are guys. You know, they're not, they're not all sitting on pedestals and, you know, all wonderful. It's not where they started anyway. No, not thee and thou and, you know, whoa, you know, type. They're just, hey, that was pretty good. They're just, they're just, they're guys. They're just every day, you know, Mr. They're, they're fishermen. All the guys we've talked about so far, fishermen. And so we have the other brother. We have John and then we have the other brother, James. Yes. Um, now, one other thing, John, I went before we pass him, John's, there's several books attributed to John. They don't, we don't know for sure, uh, but a lot of scholars believe, you know, that that John at least wrote 1 John, 2 John, and may have dictated that uh, John. Was so the Gospel of John? Yeah. 1 and 2 John. May have dictated yeah. uh, John. And Revelation. And Revelation. Um, but he was also, like we said, he called himself the beloved. So when I think of John, that's one of the things that we have to, that I want to be careful of because when we talk about the sons of thunder, we make him seem like this this over the top personality, which there's no reason to believe he was anything but that. Yeah. By the time he's John writing the Gospel of John, he's a different John. He's a different John. Yeah. He's gone through a lot. And he's come out the other end. He stood at the bottom of the cross where his savior, his his yes. rabbi, his yes, yes, beloved yes. one is dying and had him say to him, man, this is your mother. Yeah. Woman, this is your son. Yeah. To him, hey, take care of my mom. Take care of her. Oh, my word. 
Yeah. And he's gone through these things. He's gone through um, Pentecost. He's gone through all of those How things. How could that not change you, though, Todd? He's just, he's different. Uh, yeah. and, and, and again, not to get all spiritually or churchy on you, but how can it not change you, right? So yeah, sure. you're going to mature and grow in these things, and that's who John is. So my point, where I was driving it, was this. By the time John is writing the Gospel of John, he refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who hear that as an ego trip. And there are some, and I agree with this crowd, the only value, he doesn't say, I'm John. John did this great thing. Mm -hmm. he's, he's saying, the only value I have as a human being in the world, yes. The only value there is to me at all is that Christ loved me. This is all I got, man. So when you when he's describing all the other guys, he's going through all these attributes of the other guy and how great Jesus is, blah, blah, blah. but he is the, the disciple that Jesus loved. He's like, mm -hmm. man, do you know how great I do you know, you know what's great about me? What's great about me is that he loved me. Mm -hmm. And and through his entire gospel, that's what he's talking about. It's the love that Jesus and, and God have for us. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Awesome. Um we have his brother James, the yep. other part of the, the Sons of Thunder. We've kind of talked about him a little bit. Um, just who he is, what he did. He's a fisherman. He's a John, 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 Peter, and Andrew's partner. Mm -hmm. Um he wanted to be, though he was along with his brother, wanted to be, Richard James wanted to be. He's considered, some people call him James the Greater, um, because there was James the Greater, James the Lesser. Um, so he, he was uh, just a fellow, just a guy. And it's important, I think it's important to note that the book of James in the Bible is not by that James. Right. Right. The book of James in the Bible, oddly, is by Jesus' brother James, who didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was when Jesus was walking the planet. And we're, we'll get to that because there is some thought that he, the brother of Jesus, may have been James the Lesser. James the Canaanite? Yeah. But I don't get yeah, anything from that. Yeah, I know. it. Like I said, there's some... There's some speculation yeah, people, here. People sell things together. Yeah. We're doing that right now. Right. Um, then we have Matthew, yeah. uh, Levi, in, in some, uh, he's also called Levi. But Matthew is one of those characters, um, again, we've talked about that I watched The Chosen before and, uh, and times before. Um, I love how Matthew is portrayed. Because I see that in Matthew, this dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure everything's right. The numbers guy, the counter, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who uh, wrote one of the books of the four Gospels, uh, making sure that we had all the details. I think you've said before, making sure that, checking off. Yeah, when you read Matthew's Gospel, he's making sure that every prophecy that he was aware of was... It hit the check boxes. Mm -hmm. I think there are two. I think there there are many different kinds of people who come to a belief in Christ. There are people who come to a belief in it in a very spiritual Johnny Cash kind of, and I came to believe mm -hmm. in a power much greater than I, and you're consumed by the Spirit, and you're just taken in these moments. 
And I think there are people who come to it and land at that place, but come to it through an analytical approach. And I think we can think of Matthew in that way. Matthew is a tax collector. Got a good job, getting a good paycheck. Um, I think one of the things that the Chosen does very well is to show you that he's got the right clothes, he's got a good house, he's eating the right, he's eating great food when other people aren't. Mm-hmm. Things are going good for him. But he's also hated by his people. The yes. tax collectors, tax collectors were an inside job. They were the they were betrayers of their own people. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's considered a publican. Um, when you think about tax collectors in the IRS, today, he didn't say Republican. No, I didn't say. I said. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you think about the IRS today. Yeah, your people. You know, they. You hear somebody talking about the IRS and the taxes that you have to pay. It, it's still that way today. Okay, but imagine this for a minute. What if the IRS agent, the way he got paid, yeah, was he took a cut for himself? Yeah. And the of government your, of your money, and the government doesn't. It wasn't a form you filled out, right? You didn't do your ten ninety nine. The tax you went to the tax collector, and he you told him what you had, and he told you how much you owed. There wasn't like a form that said, "Oh, you're a number seven. Yeah. So you owe twenty dollars today. It was like, I think I can get thirty of this though. Yeah. Look at the way he's dressed, and he charged you thirty, yeah. and he'd pull his ten off the top. Yeah. So the only way he got paid was to cheat you. It was the system. And so these are your people. And your, your people, people that you are cheating. And, and so that's why for me, Matthew is a guy who really doesn't belong to... Mm. He's a loner. Mm. He's a, he's a, oh, he doesn't belong to anyone. You yeah. said like that. Yeah. He's an in-between. He, he is. He's hated by the Jews because he's a tax collector working for the Romans. He's a Jew working for the Romans, and the Romans don't like him because he's a Jew. He's just disgusting. Yeah, he's, this guy, one of the things I do love about the the Chosen is that he gets a dog, which is not great as a Jew. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a good thing. And because the dog's the only thing that likes him, that likes him. because he, he feeds it. You know, and, and I think about that, and there are, there are times in my life when I felt like I just don't belong anywhere. And then you've got Jesus looking at Matthew saying, follow me. Mm-hmm. Not the kind of guy that you would think that would be but following He's been Jesus. doing that. Yeah. He's been watching Jesus. He sure has. From the side. Yeah. He's been, and it doesn't say he didn't go. It says he did go to temple. There's a there's a, a scripture that talks about a tax collector who went to temple and prayed, and when he prayed, he prayed, "Oh, forgive me," because he knew what Rambam was. Yeah. But he's been watching Jesus in a you town know, that size. They knew he's watching, yeah, and he knows what's going on. Yeah. So he knows who this guy is. So he's done the math. And yeah. Now, when Jesus says, "Follow me," he's like, "I got to do it." Yeah. 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 You can't help but think that his heart had to melt it. Right Nobody through. wants me. Yeah. Nobody wants me. Yeah. My family doesn't want me. My boss doesn't want me. My religion doesn't want me. Nobody wants me. What do you mean, follow me? Yeah. I, 
I want to pause. Yeah. That's right. Nobody wants me. What do you mean somebody wants me? How does that change you? How does that make you different? Um, and then when Jesus says to him, hey, we're going to eat at your house tonight. What? Why is Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners? Specifically mentioning tax collectors and sinners. That, 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 Gangsters. that'll change you, buddy. Gangsters and prostitutes yeah. and tax collectors. And... Yep. Matthew's a, a great person. Yeah. I, I, I used to say, and I've corrected myself on it, I stopped myself just there, but they used to talk about about the characters of the Bible. That kind of takes away some personality. You know, it makes them seem fictional. Yeah, if you say yeah. characters, but right? It is characters. So, fiction. but I, but I, I like to think that Matthew is one of the people of the Bible that can teach us a lot. Teaches a lot. Um, we have Simon. The zealot, not Simon Peter, but Simon the zealot. Uh, there are historians who believe that this may have been because of how he believed, but there are also historians who the zealots were a sect. Yep, they were a particular um, group. They were a radical sect um, who um, could uh, uh, create issues, create problems, uh, purposely so so that they could uh, shake things up a little bit. Um, but Simon may... And the Romans would come and hack them to death. Yeah. They, yeah. they got to. So Simon may have been a zealot in, in the stirring up thing since, or he may have been... Some, some believe that he may have just... It's because of how strongly he believed, how how fervent his, his faith was. Um, he was uh, a guy that was... Around quite a bit, he did quite a lot of quite a lot of things, um, but most of what we know from him is from oral tradition. There's not the scriptures do not talk about him a lot, uh, other than just a few small mentions. Then there's Thomas. That's exactly what I just looked at. I was thinking of the intriguing people to me. Thomas is one of the also is one of the ones that screams out to me because he gets the moniker doubting Thomas. Yeah. In the Bible, it doesn't call him doubting Thomas no. anywhere. I would almost call him questioning Thomas. Yeah. Thomas was the one who wasn't afraid to ask the question, the uncomfortable question. He was the one who wasn't who was who was willing to say, I don't know, man. Yeah. Who among us, as believers, hasn't had that time when I, 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 I'd like to see something a little more substantial? I'd like to feel in my heart something a little more substantial. I, and I know that Jesus has a conversation with him, you know, blessed are those who have not seen yet believed. But there are those of us at times in our spiritual walk where we, we really like to have something to grab, grab a hold of what we think, what we might call a little more tangible. Maybe. Uh, and Thomas was that guy that um, he wanted to put his finger in the nail holes, and he wanted to put his 
hand in the in Jesus' side that was pierced. And there are times in my life when I'm there. I, I, we I hope it isn't who I am all, all, all the time. Huh? I just hope it isn't who I am all the time. Yeah. I mean, to, we get Jesus, or Thomas is the one who asks. It's almost like that's his place. Almost like God yeah. said, this is going to be his place. This he is, needs, yeah. we, need a, we need a Thomas in the twelve. Right. He's going to ask the uncomfortable question. Jesus, show us the Father, and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know everybody was thinking it. <laughs> right. He wanted you to go, hey, don't look at me. You know you were thinking it. <laughs> well, and I like it when Jesus is going to go see uh, Lazarus has died. Yeah. And Jesus is going to go see Lazarus. And mm-hmm. uh, we all know the story of Lazarus. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the disciples are like, you know, eh, you know, why, why are we going? Why yeah. are we? Yeah. And Lazarus is the one that says, let's let's go with him, and if you know that we may die with him, let's just Thomas, let's, let's take off and go yeah. too. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Thomas is ready to buy in. Yeah. It's not that he's this, like you said, this doubting guy all the time. He's he just, ready to buy in. He asks the question. Everybody else in the room is thinking. Yeah. yeah. He'll ask the question. Well, and he's the one that. Lord, how are we how are we going to know where you're going? Where, where are you going? How, how do we know? You know, and again, you've been with me this long. You know, you know, you know. But like you said, he's the guy that will ask a question, um, whether that's because of the upbringing, the you know Jewish upbringing, if, or whether that's because he's just an inquisitive guy. Yeah, Peter's the guy who will make the statement. Yeah, Thomas is the guy who will ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's going, I already know. I know what's going on. And and Thomas is like, I don't know, man. But Thomas is also the guy who, after he put his finger in the nail holes, cried out, my Lord, my God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's he's there. there. Again, these guys have walked with him all this time, and they've been able to to change. Now, I'm going to just say I don't know. But I think you researched and so you may know. Is Thomas the one that is credited with starting the church in India? Yeah. Um, in India and Southern Asia. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that, that the tradition is. Well, he, got, he walked. He took a yeah. walk. Yeah. Um, I, we don't know that. This is one of those things that it's not in the Bible. Yeah. Because the Bible was already written by the time right. we get to this point. But um, we know they were missionaries. We know they had to have been missionaries because that's what they were told to go and yeah. do. Right. But um, the story is that he that, that when missionaries went there, they went, oh, no, no, we already know about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was this guy, Caleb Thomas, who came, and we, right. we know that already. Yeah, that's what, that's what tradition, oral tradition is, that he's the guy that went to India and also uh, Southern Asia. Okay. Um, there's some kind of idea that tradition has it that he was either martyred because he was decapitated or there's also some talk about four spears that went into him. Um, then we have Nathaniel or Bartholomew. Um, Bartholomew and Nathaniel. A lot of these guys have a couple of different names. I did find out during some of the researches it wasn't uncommon for people to have two names back yep. then. Aramaic name and a Greek name. Yeah. And they would be called by either one and were very comfortable 
going back. You know, there are those who say that Saul and Paul. Yeah, yeah. It, that Paul is just the Greek version of Saul. Right. So it, it was a common thing for these guys. So it's not really in our day and age. I guess it would be kind of weird. Uh, although to my friends, I'm known as Rick when I use my first name uh, for anything business. That way, if I get a call on the phone and somebody asks for Rick, I know, oh, it's friend or family. But if they ask for John, then I know this is going to be a business thing. Um, but just so you know about the Bartholomew Nathaniel thing, uh, he was most likely a fisherman too. Um, he was the one who came to Jesus as a result of uh, Philip witnessing Jesus said that Bartholomew was an Israelite, uh, and I don't, this is pretty big. Yeah. An Israelite in whom there was no deceit. Yeah. And that's about as much as we know about this guy. There's not a whole lot. He is the guy who said, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yeah. But um, this is. The boys are leaving Bethsaida, and as they are, they meet up with him. Yeah. yeah. Philip asks and tells him, hey, that's what we're doing. Because you're following the, the, yeah. you're following Jesus of Nazareth. And, like, well, and that's when he's like, Nazareth? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he follows. It, it's an interesting thing to me at how... You mentioned it earlier, at how far these guys come from where they were, yeah. where they were, what they were doing, to these men of God who, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, became these guys who their sole desire was to spread the gospel uh, to wherever. So you, you've got these guys who went from this if I can use this term, this ragtag mob of guys, these 30-year-old guys hanging out with the, the, the God of the universe, not catching that, and eventually catching it and saying, my purpose is to do nothing but to spread the gospel. Or those people to this. Yeah, so that they know. Come and see. If we don't say anything, how will they know? Uh, we have Jude, who's also known as Thaddeus. Um, guess which name would be the Greek name there? Yeah. Um, some thought is that he's the brother of Jesus. Um, this, if, if he was the brother of Jesus, he may have been one of the brothers who first doubted Jesus' divinity. In John uh, chapter 7, verse 5, uh, there's some thought that he may have also been one of the zealots. Um, there was a conversation between Jesus and Jude uh, where it's written in John 14, 22, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself? How is it that you will manifest yourself to us, but yet not to the world? Um, Jesus explains to him that the world may not see him as well as those who believe in him. That hit me yeah. as I was looking at that because we who believe with all of our hearts 
may find it difficult to understand why it is that we see who Jesus is, but somebody who doesn't know him doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. um, and this little thing here with Jude kind of gives gave me an understanding, a little conversation that um, because I see doesn't mean that they will understand. Right. And or that they'll want to know. Yeah. And that, that too leads me to, um, and I've heard you say it many times from the pulpit, I've heard other pastors say it, I've shared it myself, in that if we are a living testimony, if we by our lives live it, then somebody may see, and then they will question. Then the question comes to us, not that we have to question them. And so the, 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 the conversation here is find it, find it really interesting. Um, so we're kind of a little more than halfway through. I'd like to, let's talk about some of the other disciples before yeah. we close out. There's James the Lesser. Mm -hmm. um, things about him. He also is thought that maybe he may have been the Lord's brother. Some of this, again, is oral tradition. Yeah, and they're tough for me because I'm thinking so early on in the Gospels, they list the 12. Mm -hmm. And then later we have the, the brothers and the mom yeah. sitting outside saying, yeah. we think he's lost his mind. Did somebody go get him? Yeah. I, uh, it, it, it's interesting. I, I, I will tell you this, time. I don't, I don't know how I feel about some of the, I consider it speculation. Yeah, I agree. Um Sometimes, and I try to try to make sure it's not my own bias getting in the way. Mm -hmm. um, but he's uh, he's mentioned four times in the gospel. He's always mentioned with his mother Mary, another Mary. Mary was a very popular name. Yep, back then, as was Jesus. As was yes, Jesus was at that point. Right. Uh, Jay, the name James was a very popular Obviously. name as well. Just like you know, John now, and we use John Doe. Simon, obviously. Simon, right. Uh, he was one of the apostles who witnessed Jesus' resurrection. And when they, when Jesus died on the cross, all four Gospels say that a woman named Mary was there witnessing the crucifixion. All four Gospels say that, state that this was Mary, the mother of James, believed to be James the Lesser. And Mark, for, or Mark 15, 40 states that it was Mary, the mother of James the Lesser. So different James, um, but still a Mary and a James, uh, but not necessarily Mary, the mother of Jesus. Right. Uh, tradition states that James the Lesser wouldn't eat. I didn't know this. I thought this was there. James the Lesser would not eat. And fasted until he was. He said, "I'm going to do this until the Lord returns." Well, as we know, yeah. Um, so the Lord came to him and told him, "Eat." Actually, prepared a meal and said, "Eat," um, because yeah. the time's not. It's hey, not bud. now. Hey, bud, I need yeah. you in the game here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's speculation that he might have been killed um, by a mob. Uh, it's thought that James became the first bishop of Jerusalem okay. and that he was later killed by a mob. 
uh, and that Caesar wanted him killed. Um, uh, that I can't even begin to pronounce his name. It was a theologian uh, of the time. Esabius uh, okay. believed that James was thrown down from the wall or beaten with a club to death when he refused to renounce his Christian faith. Okay. Uh, then we have Philip. Um, Philip stated to Nathaniel, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He was believed to be one of the, the, uh, the scholars speculate that he may have been the other. We mentioned uh, one time when we were talking about, we knew that Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. Yeah, but he might be the other. But he may, John. Be, he may be the other apostle, or I mean the other disciple uh, of John. Um, he was there during the feeding of the 5,000. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, uh, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Uh, he asked this really as, as a test to him, uh, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Uh, Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for, for each one to have a bite. So... You know, Jesus knows what he's going to do, but he asked Philip, and Philip was giving him the, the flesh answer. So him. now, isn't Philip also the one who baptized the Ethiopian? Yes, yes. So when we see Jesus' past, we see the first witness of that sense, other than to the other disciples or the other apostles. So we see Mary. Um, who, again, that name, but Mary Magdalene, who meets Jesus at the grave, who witnesses to the brothers that, that the Master has been resurrected. So we're going to give her first credit for first witness. But then Philip, to somebody outside of it, uh, to the Ethiopian, mm -hmm. um, who, is, who is also not only the first one to witness to him, but also baptizes somebody who is outside of the faith, who is outside of their sect, but also, he's immediately transported somewhere else. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, there's not a lot about some of these no. disciples um, and the apostles, but we're going to talk about one here, the last one, and I saved him. Uh, for the last, and it's not because I don't, it's, it's because I don't have the same feelings about him that some may have. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to leave him for last now, and that's Judas Iscariot. We're liable to both get in trouble because I don't have the same feelings yeah, about him. I, uh, some do either. <clears throat> um, I believe, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. And, I believe that Judas thought he was doing the right things for all the wrong reasons. I agree. I think that he thought that what he was doing here was needed. I don't think he thought it through, but I think he was—he thought he was doing what's right. And then I think that we have a man here who realizes after the fact the error of his ways. We know that. I, I mean, I'm not it's sure. It's scriptural to say yeah. that he realized 
I'm not sure that, that, that Judas didn't think, I need to do this. Jesus is the Son of God. He can handle it. It'll be okay. Two ways of looking at it that I've heard. And one is that um, he's gone off the rails. Mm -hmm. And this whole movement has gone off the rails. And I got to stop this. Things are getting bad here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he's letting a lady come in and pour perfume that we could have fed the poor with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, 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 and this whole movement where we're going, that ain't right. That is not the, that is not the thing I signed up for. And, and I'm done. I've, I've had it. And we're going we're gonna to go deal with this. And if you look at the scriptural lining up of it, it plays out that way. Now, it says scripturally, you can't deny that Satan sifted him, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That Satan, as God tells Cain, uh, hey, evil is lurking at your door. Right. You'd best wake up, boy. Yep. And, and he doesn't. And he gets consumed by it. So, fun, all right? But what Satan convinces each of us of is whatever evil that we do convinces us it's the right thing. So you there's the other thought is that that the other way of looking at it was I heard someone say, and that's possible, you don't know. That he thought if he called kind of what you said, if he sick the counsel on Jesus, if he turned him in, now he'll become who I need him to become. I signed up for a battle and for this guy to become the king. And the only way Pushing we've been history. playing this too long, yeah. it's time to yeah. fish or cut bait. Yeah, I was just going to use Here we word. go. Right. I'm going to push it. Go. And then it happened and he's he's taken in and he's arrested and he lets him arrest him. Yeah. And Peter cuts the guy's ear off and he's like, here we go. Yeah. No. He doesn't stop at any... Yeah. None of this is happening. And then he heals the guy's ear. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. We're supposed to... Boom! Make yeah. it happen. Bring the angels. Let's go! That's not what happens. And so he gets on the other side of that. And he goes to the to the council and he yeah, goes, I have, I, have, I have done wrong. Yeah, this is boy. not what I expected. And he throws their money back out. So there's no denying that, that, that we... It's real simple to go... Judas was just a nasty so-and-so who was out to get people. He was in the money, so he was always thinking about yeah. money for himself and all that. And, you know, that doesn't yeah. really play out right. for, me. Play out well for, for me. me. It doesn't play out well for me. Look, according to Jewish tradition, according to what we read in the Old Testament, every time the people cried out because they were being uh, attacked or beat down or taken into slavery or after the, this time of crying out and and their, their hearts broken, God comes in and there's this battle and there, there's this victory. Yep. And the people who were oppressing them were defeated and thrown out. Yeah, the Egyptians, the Samaritans, the Canaanites, the blah, 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 blah. We see it time and time and time again. The Philistines. So... It's Who easy. was it that these people in the time of Jesus yeah. were expecting? They were expecting this conquering, conquering king. king to come in and defeat these nasty Romans 
and the battle was going to be there, and they were going to be defeated, and we were going to be victorious, and we were going to get everything back. And then you have Jesus, who came to turn everything upside down. And we read at least three times before they got to this night. We read Jesus told them that that's not how it was going to go down. Yeah, yeah. He told them. Yeah. But they're not. That's they're not. They're not listening. Not only. Yeah. Worse than that, maybe they don't really think he understands. Yeah. Peter tells him he doesn't understand. Yeah. I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. And Jesus says, "Hey, hey, stop yeah. it! Get behind me, Satan!" And here's Judas pushing the issue. And Judas is pushing the issue. So. Yeah. So we know about Judas that. He's the one who betrayed Jesus. We get that. Yep. But we only know that in hindsight. And we know, but we do know that he was crushed about it. So we can act like he like yeah. we're all better than that. But we know that he 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 played a hand yep. and he was crushed by the hand he played. He played the wrong hand for the wrong reasons with the wrong people. But he felt like he was doing the right thing. Going back to what we said in the beginning, these are just guys. These are just guys. With their own motivations. Their own history, right. their own approach, their own evenings, and their own moments with these things. And uh, we've all got whooped up about the fact that somebody that we live with, our wife, or our wife got whooped up about us. Yeah. Because, what are you spending that money for? Yep. What are you doing? What, yeah. Did you not catch the program? This is not what we're doing. Yep. We've all been there in those well, Something moments. as simple as my wife's asking me, what are you doing up on that ladder? For example. You shouldn't be up there. What are you doing? Well, I just thought I could... We've all been in those moments. Yeah. Here's a, um, and I, I think we probably need to wrap up, but yep. I think uh, something else that comes to my mind with Judas. Judas is my, and we need it. We need to have a conversation about this. Judas is my biblical what if moment. Uh, yeah. Judas is my what if. And there's a lot of what ifs, and different people have. And I heard another pastor say this, but I'd love to see. I'd love to hear other people tell me. Hey, if you're listening, I'd love to see you in the description tell me. What's your what-if moment? That's why I'll know you watched all the way to the end, right? What's your biblical what-if moment? My biblical what-if moment, a lot of people will tell me is, is wrong because what happened is what happened. That book is full of what was supposed to happen didn't happen and how God yes, reacted sir. to it. Yes, sir. So we're not a puppet show. And, and Judas was... Supposed to deny or supposed to betray Jesus. We know that. Mm -hmm. Here's where I'm at. My biblical what if is Judas shows up for dinner. Jesus washed his feet. And Jesus knows what he did. Yep. We know he knows what he did. And Jesus washed his feet anyway. And Jesus ate dinner with him. Because mm -hmm. Jesus still loved him. Exactly. That's Jesus the point. still loved him. That's the point. It says he told them he loved them. Yeah. He loved them all. John That's says he told them he loved them all. And what he was going to do for them, he did because he loved them. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because of who they were. This is the, I'm going to sing a casting crown song. It's not because of who who I am, because yeah. of but because of what you did. Yeah. It's not because of what I did, but because of who you are. Right. Um my biblical what if moment is, what if Judas started crying while Jesus is washing his feet? Or Jesus is handing him his bread. He starts crying and goes, Master, you have no Yes, sir. What I did today. And Jesus goes, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I heard it. I know. I know. Yeah. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I know what I know well how wrong it was in this moment, I know, and I wish I had never done that. And I love you, and I'm so sorry for what happened. Yeah. And he never leaves and goes to bring those guys. Mm -hmm. But they're still gonna find him. They're still gonna find Jesus. This is not a problem. And I know my Jesus this way. He would have said, Look, well, yeah. It's gonna get ugly. He, he told Peter we're good. Yeah. You ate from the you ate from the tree. Which is the worst sin, Todd? Yeah. What Judas did or what Peter did? They all denied him. Yeah. Every one of them betrayed exactly. him. Exactly. Nobody did. In one sense of the not other. Not one. Yeah. Did not betray him. They yeah. all scattered, it says. Yeah. They all went, whoo! Yeah. I got to go. Um one sense every of single one of them. Yeah. In, in one sense or another. So my point is this. These were regular guys who loved Jesus. Yeah. They never stopped being regular guys. Exactly. But they came to know Jesus Christ. And that changed them forever. Yeah. And who they were. And they changed, changed who we are. Yeah. That they were bold enough and brave enough to have done. Um, so I, I, I think we'll end it there, but let's um, eventually we'll talk about Paul. Because there's some thought that Paul yeah, was the one that would be the uh, the 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 post gospel yeah, right apostles, and then there's the one that uh, some people think you know that the apostles drew straws, and we've got yeah. Matthews. So uh, at some point we'll talk about what I term as the replacements. Yeah, the replacements. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about um, that. But it's been a good good conversation. Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I hope you'll participate. I know at some point, um, you know, maybe you, something perked your ears up, and, and I hope you'll let us know. Uh, if you're watching, let us know you're watching. Um, we'd love to hear that from you, but um, we appreciate you spending some time with us today, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.